0: Hello and welcome to your daily dose of commentary. Today we start with the topic, the source code of GTE5 has been leaked. So as you guys know, the source code for GTA 5 leaked recently, and while it was pretty much already confirmed through a variety of different ways that there were planned gt 5 DLCs, the source code showcases that there were actually a total of 8 DLCs planned for GTE5. For more mutual. The recent source code leak reveals there were plans for eight single-player DLC. Since Potato here, GT5's leaked source code confirms Liberty City was once planned to be added as an expansion alongside various other packs similar to Red Redemption 1's DLCs. Agent Trevor, the DLC, became the Doomsday Heist. Prologue DLC, North Yankton's expansion, so we never got that. And Liberty V, Liberty City in GT5. But there's also here, Assassination Pack, so I guess maybe just more assassination missions for Franklin. Maybe like, you know how Hitman does the expansions where you can do more with Hitman, maybe that would have happened with Franklin. Manhunt Pack, Norman Pack, Relationship Pack, Enterprise Pack, and then the other three mentions. So, that does kind of suck. Because we will never see this content, we'll never know if the stuff that was brought to online, or what they made for online instead of this stuff, ended up being better. Like, you've got to assume it wasn't that far along, or else they probably would have released it, right? Or at the very least, repurposes content for online. I mean, like, the assassination stuff could have ended up being the assassinations that we do in online, right? With Franklin. Who knows? Anything they could have repurposed, they would have repurposed. Because that would have been cost effective. So, in other words, while this does suck, maybe it doesn't suck as much as we might think. Because we just can't make that comparison between the world we would have had with these DLCs and the world we have now with the online stuff. As a person who doesn't find the online stuff particularly amazing, like it's alright in a lot of cases, but like I, I do wonder what the GTA 5 stuff would have been. But if it ultimately would have just been what we got for online, but single player instead of multiplayer, probably better it came to online because, you know, having the extra ability to do it multiplayer is just good, I think. Most people prefer to play with their friends than by themselves. Another interesting thing from the source code leak was that people found alternate endings. Here from Joe, the cut beta endings for GTA 5 found in the source code leaks are way more brutal than the final ones. Michael is dropped onto a police helicopter blade by Franklin, Trevor is frozen by liquid nitrogen and smashed with a two x four by Michael. I'm not sure how those would have been set up in the game, but it doesn't surprise me that they had other ideas for potential endings. Maybe even like multiple different options for how the characters could have died. Like that like we could have chosen in the moment, but as no files for these have ever been found, they could have just been ideas that people just wrote down in the source code. Yeah, so interesting stuff being leaked. And I know well the guy who um, my mod who helps me with facts and glitches He's currently going through it to find anything that might be of interest for another episode of that You know how I made that video the stuff that Rockstar took from you talking about the alternate stuff That was already known about because of code that was left in the earlier versions of GTA 5 Like I could make another video like that if there is enough stuff new that has been released from this leaked source code With that being said though sort of a different scenario where this stuff was stolen information from Rockstar, while the stuff that we got in official releases is stuff that maybe shouldn't have been left in there, but they did officially release it in some capacity. The legality and the ethical nature of these, uh, the, the differences there, like, probably matter in some way. So, really, like I don't know if I want to make another video like that, but like, I don't think this really harms Rockstar or, or GTA 5 or GTA 6 if we say, like, hey, there were other alternate endings and stuff. Like, I don't think it hurts anyone. It just sucks how we get this information, you know? We'll see what happens. We'll see if anything interesting is found. We'll see if I make a video one day. We'll see. Recently, I talked about the publicizing of the 2022 leaks, the leak of the source code for GTA 5 and of course, therefore, GTA Online and how it might impact the security of GTA Online. And I was a bit doom and gloom saying, oh, you know, this could mean that things become less secure again. But Ben here on Twitter points out why that is likely not the case. There is a lot of sudden misinformation regarding GT Online. It should be very clear GT Online on PC is safe to play. Over the last year, Rockstar have made changes to the internal backend to ensure those in possession of the source code were not able to impact service in private invite-only sessions. The source code, which leaked on Christmas Day, originates from September 22 leaks, is based on very outdated code, which represents zero use to cheater groups. Thinking about it, yeah, that's obvious, right? Because this isn't new stuff being leaked. It is not new stuff that has been hacked and stolen. It's just the same old stuff that is just now more publicly available. Anyone who was making mod menus and stuff was already the sort of people who would have access to this stuff. So my being like, oh no, this could be worse for GTA Online. I guess such sentiments are not justified. So it's good. How will GTA 6 affect the lives of its voice actors? So I questioned whether I should put this in rambles, but i saw it and it is interesting so this clip this 42nd clip went viral i saw it in a bunch of different places manny l perez alleged voice actor of lucia from gta 6 showing off her moves and it's a short of the voice actor twerking and stuff at uh, the gym You just wanna pop up on these plans like you the Batman. You just wanna ball up in the Xenna with your best friends. You don't wanna talk no more about it in the past tense. Get me out my zone. I'm just talking come for shawty. I ain't give you nothing you got come for shawty. I got plenty things you make a run for shawty. Call him it, Ed Sheeran, he in love with my body. She very fit. Seeing this makes it even more likely to me that she is the voice actor for Lucieff in GTA 6. Cringe? What do you mean cringe? Like, I think that's just really wholesome her and a, a bloke just enjoying life working out and stuff i wish i worked out to that degree that i was so physically fit that i would be i'd be keen to do, do that kind of stuff maybe not the exact kind of stuff but you know what i'm saying that kind of social media stuff seeing this though and the amount of bookmarks of this particular clip there's going to be a lot of different forms of interest in the character of lucia compared to the forms of interest that were in, the characters from GTA 5. And I wonder how much that's going to impact the life of this voice actor, or motion capture artist, all that jazz. It'd be very interesting if, that because social media is more of a thing now, compared to when GTA 5 released, that this could like, jumpstart this person's career, and they could have more of a mainstream career. I'm not saying they weren't, they were unsuccessful before, but obviously they're not like a, a mainstream big-time actor the people who portrayed the characters in GTA 5 sure they they got a bit of a, a bit of a bump from this right but none of them went on to massive stardom and i wonder if GTA 6's success could actually mean more tangible benefits for the careers of the motion capture artists the voice actor actors in the game be interesting to see this time around the Trevor guy did, no, Trevor was already successful. He he had a few bit parts and stuff, right? But it wasn't like he became like a, a Tom Cruise-like kind of guy. Okay, but maybe the comparison to Tom Cruise is, is way too high. You know what I'm saying, right? He did go on to star as like the lead in in some movie or TV show or something, right? But but yeah, you're right, Steven did do the best off of GTA 5. But I think there was less due to GTA 5 and more just because he's a talented actor who got himself some roles, you know? GTA 5 actors also don't know how to use social media. I mean, they do now. What I mean is when GTA 5 came out back in 2013, social media was massively in its infancy, right? Everyone wasn't on YouTube. Every company wasn't on YouTube. People didn't take YouTubers seriously. People didn't take social media as seriously. I know it may be hard to remember, But social media and the world in general, in regards to social media, has changed massively over the last 10 years. It's just an entirely different environment in which GTA 6 is being released. And it's just going to be interesting to see how that impacts the people who get or who have roles in GTA 6, you know? Do you think she might end up hating GTA like Steven? I mean, fans can be harsh and especially how they started to sexualize her. I doubt she would be unaware of the sort of attention that she would get being in a game like this but i don't i don't think Steven og necessarily hates gta5 and trevor but as we've talked about before he portrayed a effectively but to simplify it a psychopath a crazy person who does crazy stuff in the game who doesn't have that many like memorable lines for the mainstream right it's, it's not a character that you'd necessarily love to portray all the time you know but like stephen can't hate his role so much that he's not willing to go to conventions and stuff because he went to conventions and, and to meet fans and stuff when the game first released and he's uh even recently now going to conventions to talk about his role and stuff with, with sean and, and ned he likely doesn't want to be typecast and i can totally understand a person like having mixed feelings towards such a role like that but yeah as i say it's just gonna be interesting to see how gta6 impacts the lives of the the people who portrayed the characters in gta6 we'll see What questions would I ask of the CEO of Take-Two? So someone DM'd me saying that They have a chance to talk to the CEO of Take-Two and what questions would I ask him if I was in his shoes or what questions should he ask the guy on my behalf or something. And so I wrote him a few questions and I thought well I may as well put them in rambles too. I said that you should ask him, especially given the recent integration between Twitch and Rockstar giving away paid 600,000 subscriptions, is there going to be a greater focus on influencer related promotions for GTA 6 and other future titles? Like understand, this isn't something that Rockstar did in the past. I can't remember a single time or hearing of a single time where Rockstar has reached out and gone, Hey influencer, here's five grand, cover this game. Like they've acknowledged the community in small ways, but nothing like that big and not on the same level as what other gaming companies are doing. I continue, Epic Games has seen great success with their creator code program, where those who sign up get a 5% cut of any sales generated through their custom link. Does Rockstar have any plans to implement a similar system? It's just a mutually beneficial system, an affiliate code in, in such a way where it's like, hey guys, you should buy shark cards or, or what have you and, and use my link if you happen to. Obviously, the biggest example is Epic Games and Fortnite, how every single Fortnite creator is like, hey, use my creator code if you're buying stuff on the store. There's some good stuff there, da da da. Doesn't require you to make individual specific deals with everyone, but you inspire interest in people advertising your microtransactions. Like if Rockstar follows industry trends, this will be something that they'd eventually implement. I continue, Fortnite, Roblox, Minecraft, etc. seem to be trying to create a sort of metaverse within their games where user-generated game modes can give their games additional appeal and longevity. GTA 5 was somewhat a progenitor of this, and honestly much of current gaming trends. Does GTA 6 plan to go further into this sort of content strategy? I think them purchasing 5M is suggestive that this is a direction that they want to go into, but it would be nice to have some uh, official formal acknowledgement of this kind of trend in the gaming industry. It is now more difficult to earn money in GTA Online. So TGG released a video where he talked about how Rockstar is making it so that you can't sell multiple vehicles in the same day for full amounts of money. First vehicle, you get 100%, second vehicle, 50%, third vehicle, 20%, and fourth vehicle, 5%. This is to stop people who are duping vehicles or anyway in the future that people might figure out ways to dupe vehicles to get money. Just selling the same vehicle over and over, basically. And this sucks because as a person who had to do all awards, there were times where I legitimately had reason to buy a lot of vehicles and sell them back. Like when I bought all the um, Kuma. So I bought a bunch of Karumas and then sold them all for some award. And if I had to do that again now, it would cost like tens of millions of dollars more. It's just another example of how any sort of security measures that you put in place to stop bad actors will necessarily have some negative ramifications on good actors. People just playing the game as it's meant to be played wouldn't be negatively impacted. I doubt though that this will likely impact that many people that often, but do they really have to make it so the second car is 50%? Like, couldn't you have just made it like, two cars at least, 100% or something? I don't know. I understand the change, but that sucks. And as well, TG talks about how he thinks it's weird that Rockstar is doing all these quality of life changes when GTA 6 is just around the corner. They've been doing these quality of life changes over the last year and seemingly continuing all the way up until GTA 6. Makes you wonder how much of what is in GTA Online uh, in terms of its systems are going to be ported over to the next GTA Online 2, potentially. Honestly, I think it makes sense for them to be adding this stuff because GTA Online is still popular and they still want it to be popular leading into GTA 6. And yeah, it is not around the corner for PC as well. Can you imagine that there's going to be people still playing GTA 5 and GTA Online on PC because they just hate consoles. <laughs> like, it's going to be interesting to see how long they support the original GTA Online. If indeed it doesn't get integrated in some way into GTA Online 2. Interesting to think about. Yeah, and GTA 6 is still not, it's not like around the corner. It's still like one and a half years or something at best. This upcoming mod for GTA 5 will add brand new heists. So this was interesting news. Liam on Twitter here says, Los Santos Heist, coming early 2024, a mod for GTA 5 on PC. GTA Base Presents, Grand Theft Auto, Los Santos Heist. So for single player, the heists are gonna be accessible. All the online heists playable in single player? Yes, but only the Flicka job will be available on launch. Rest will be released throughout the year, including completely original heists by me. That's sick. So probably a few years ago, I think, I was looking into seeing if I could do the online heists in single player. This is before I took a greater interest in online. And this was back when, you know, the mod menu situation was even worse and I had nothing to protect myself. So I was like, well, maybe I could have a single player experience for these heists. And what mods exist to do that were all terrible. They were all broken and glitchy, not even really functional from the testing that was done. And so this is likely something wholly disconnected from those shitty mods from back in the day. An original heist as well that's pretty cool i wonder if they'll have some forms of voice acting maybe use deleted voice lines from different characters i'm not sure so i'll definitely play this stuff i hope it's good to some extent this would have been more exciting before i did all the heists in online like a bajillion times but still gonna be worth playing at least once right and seeing how they make it so they can work single player because some of the heists still require you to use like four people and whatnot especially the earlier heist so we'll see how that works but uh, a cool development give people something to do before gta 6. I have reached 1.5 million subscribers. I barely achieved this before the end of 2023, but I have hit 1.5 million subscribers. While subscribers don't matter all that much for how well your channel is going, it is still always a milestone when you hit it. And it's like, hey, that's cool. I've got 1.5 million people who uh, thought my stuff was cool enough to click that subscribe button. That's very flattering. It's nice. It's a cool number to see. And and when people see it, they're like, hey, that guy is is somebody. He's got 1.5 million subscribers, you know? So thank you everyone for the support, and thank you everyone who subscribed. I'll do my best to get to 2 million in 2024. Do you get emotional hitting these milestones? Hitting 1 million mattered. Felt emotional, like it was like, I made it. There you go. Hit 1 million. 1.5 is just like a thing. It, it doesn't feel particularly different. I imagine hitting 5 million would probably be the next one that has a big significance. You know? I have created a Facebook page. So for those who don't know, I have made a Facebook page. As I say here on Twitter, I've made a Facebook page. I explain why on the page, but I'm locked from doing some stuff until I get followers. If you have a few seconds and a Facebook account, I'd appreciate a like slash follow. Merry Christmas again. Hope you're having a good one. And as you can see, like it only got only got seen by 10,000 people on Twitter. It's because most of these platforms suppress any post that has a link to another social media platform. Twitter does it the strongest. So I still put it on Twitter because like, you know, anyone who sees it, that's good. It's um, yeah, I I ended up getting 2K followers and 1.7K likes. I don't know the difference between likes and followers. Like why would you need both of those as metrics? I'm not sure. But what's being posted here is when I get my shorts posted to Instagram, they also appear on Facebook, which is good as you can see here. And I'll be streaming or multi-streaming to Facebook as well the second it lets me. Right now, when I go to live stream here, it says my page is too new. Your page cannot go live because it was created recently. Pages need to have an established presence on Facebook for a period of time before having the ability to go live. I can't find where it says how long my page needs to have existed before I can multi-stream there. Which sucks because I did actually have another Facebook page that well made. Because he needed to make a Facebook page so that he could schedule posts on Instagram for me. But we had to delete that page because Facebook wouldn't let me change his email to my email. It was a huge mess. Long story short, if you're watching this, if this comes out in rambles, if you could follow my Facebook page, I'd greatly appreciate it. A link will be below every one of my videos. I'm having Seek update all my descriptions. And yeah. So, hopefully, I become a Facebook superstar. Can you stream on Reddit? Reddit got rid of their streaming a while back, which sucks because I would have multi-streamed to it, absolutely. you doing Facebook gaming now? Facebook gaming is not different from its normal live streams, right? Like, if I just live stream to Facebook, that counts as Facebook gaming, right? I improvised an amazing Christmas gift. One thing I forgot to mention about Christmas. I am, generally speaking, pretty slack when it comes to giving gifts. When my father drunk alcohol, I would buy him like a bottle of bourbon. For my mother, my mother would be, be like, you know, I, I kind of want this thing. And I, I'd probably end up buying her that thing, like some perfume or something. Like this time around, I bought her like a perfume bowl that cost like 200 bucks or something. For my sister, I'm usually slack and I, I, I usually get her like nothing or like something like some World of Warcraft digital items or something. If, if, if she drops some hints, she wants something. I'll get her that. But this time round, I had nothing for her. And I always feel bad about it because she goes to some effort to find me something, even though I'm a hard person to buy stuff for. And I told you guys about my 4090 that I bought an extra one of just in case I needed it. And on Christmas Day, going to my mother's house for the family get together, I was like, wait a second, what if my sister wants a 4090? And so I grab it and I grab the um, receipt and I'm like, I arrive and I'm like, hey, here's a 4090. If you don't want it, feel free to return it. <laughs> And uh, she was stoked to have it. The reason I was concerned is because at one point in time, she had like a a small PC case and she liked having that small form factor. But right now she has a mid-sized PC case. And so she fairly recently had got like a low end 30 series card. And she was like, oh my God, this is so cool. Like, oh good, I I did good thing. My purchasing that 4090 for entirely different reasons ended up working out for me. So unfortunately, I can't give it away to you guys now. But um, my sister's very happy with it because she does a lot of gaming and stuff. And uh, she used to be very much so in World of Warcraft. I'm not sure what she's playing now, but she, you know, she's a gamer. So she'll get some good use out of it, which is cool. Everything else is going to be bottlenecking so hard. Oh, I don't think a CPU is particularly bad or something, but but I hope that's not the case. Streaming mobile games is a pain to set up. I've done a handful of like mobile-based sponsorships before, and one of the difficulties is that like the games are made for the mobile device, and capturing them with video capturing software like OBS like is a trial. I went through I think like four different capture softwares, and the games always looked amazingly better on my mobile device or my iPad than they did on the capture. All of these I was trying to do were like wireless ones. And I would think, well, the wireless has surely gotten better over the years, but apparently not. And I, I understand to a degree, it's that like the resolutions for a phone and I'm blowing it up to like 1440p on my PC, but it was it was nuts, right? What I ended up doing was I went out and bought myself like hundreds of dollars of different adapters and stuff <laughs> that you probably, probably could have got online for like one tenth the price, but I just needed them today. And so what I'm doing is directly plugging my phone into my capture card. I'm like, why didn't I just do this sooner? Why was I so committed to it being wireless? I mean, it's it's easier wireless. I mean, it's it's less cluttered having a cable, but I mean it's 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 far better this way. Only problem is I can't charge my phone while capturing, so I only have a limited amount of time that I can play for you guys. Well obviously, normally I could just plug in my phone and be fine. I hope they don't mind, but I'm gonna be using my controller to play. Like I was like, oh man, it's gonna be a huge hassle like plugging in the controller or something. But it, it took it easiest hookup ever. Like literally, like five seconds, just instantly. The Xbox is like, oh, you want to use your phone? Don't worry about it. Fine, and it hooks in immediately. It's easier than doing it with the PC. Wireless charging, yeah. I, I guess if I had some, if I had some stand, I could sit it on. But I, I don't have that. Like there's, there's obviously devices that I could have to make it so I could charge while capturing. I just don't have them. Like I have, I have a splitter, but for some reason, using a splitter to split the. USB-C port into two sections. It, It doesn't let me capture while doing that, so. Delivery people are the bean of my existence. How am I doing? Honestly, pretty awful. I woke up after like four hours, felt like I wanted to die. Took about an hour to get back to bed. Then I got woken up about three hours later by a particularly zealous delivery dude. dropping off a package, didn't need a signature. Smashed on my door like his life depended on it. Like, he needed me to give him an antidote to some poison. Smashing as hard as he can. With the ferocity, like, he sounded pissed. He sounded like like I was doing something wrong. I, I scrambled out of bed, put on some clothes, get down, open the door, and he's already gone. And he just left my package. I cannot explain in words how much I hate people who do that. It's making me have this irrational hatred towards anyone who is holding a package or delivers anything in any capacity. Like, they just seem like the most evil people on the planet. They, as a collective, cause me more suffering than anyone else. And so it's hard to be rational and be like, okay, there's just some bad apples in the bunch because, goddamn, will they please stop? I, I ordered myself a thing that said, please do not slam on my door. It still hasn't arrived yet. And I want to know where it is. Part, part of these people who deliver things have specifically hidden it so they can freely slam on my door and cause me suffering. It said it was delivered on the 16th of December. I never received this package. Why? I guess I'll go look for it. That was a week ago. My basketball career has come to an end. So I posted a pretty sad update on my Twitter. One that, if you guys didn't see, may actually quite depress you. But uh, I feel like I have to put it in rambles just so as many people hear about it as possible. Due to recent events, I am retiring from professional basketball. I am sorry to all my fans who are disappointed in my decision, but I feel that this is best for me and my family. Simple Flip says, none of us resent you for this. Live your best life. Boda says, LeBron was too scared of you anyway. Jameer, you were legendary when you were out there, King. Some of those shots were millions to one. The three most legendary and heartbreaking retirements in basketball history. Of course, me. That's great. Combined achievements. Eleven NBA championships. Eight final MVPs. Six regular season MVPs. 12 scoring titles. Mass world record. I contributed a lot to uh, that collective there. I, of course, updated my bio. ex pro basketballer. I'm funny. (laughs) Bro thinks he's funny. I do think I'm funny dead pizza, because it's true. Now, why did I tweet this out? What inspired it? I don't know. I'll be honest with you. I was sitting on the drum, and uh, I got that thought, and I was like, that's funny. I'm going to tweet that. And uh, it it made me laugh. And it made other people laugh. So yeah, good stuff. You know, good stuff. (laughs) My basketball career may be over, but as long as you keep liking and subscribing, my YouTube career won't be over anytime soon. Thank you for watching, and I wish you all the best.